0: What's up, Bucks fans? We're back at it here at Pirate Parlay, presented by the Sick Podcast Network. I'm so excited about our next guest today. We had Yaya Diaby on the other day. Awesome stuff! Great, humble player. Really, you can tell that he's going to be uh, a real stud on the scene. If you can put everything together, got a little bit to, uh, know him a little bit better as well off the field, which is a lot of fun. We're going to do the same thing today. Bucks are in a bye week, so there's no game to preview. So we'll jump right into it. I'm going to bring my next guest on. I'm very excited to welcome. Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, on to Pirate Parlay. Turn up your your body. Because you're about to listen to the The Sick Sick Podcast. Podcast. Pirate Parlay. Battle intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucs are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world. The Sickest Tampa Bay Buccaneers Podcast. It's going to be Sick. I'm so excited to have him on here. Uh, he's a good friend uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the program, and, and we're, we're happy to bring him back on here. You got me? Hey, yeah, I got you. How are we doing, my man?
1: Oh, man, doing great. Uh, just catching my, my breath a little bit here on the bye week. Um, just getting prepped for, for a nice long run, you know, but, uh, but a good start, and guys' heads are kind of in the right spot, you know, as we figure out who we are, but uh, not bad to come out of the first four games three and one.
0: Right. As I saying. how does it feel to be three and one on your first season as a, as a play caller? Shoot, man. I mean, you know, by no
1: means are where are, are, um, us as a group just being where we thought we were going to be, you know, we just, we have so much more to go to grow through fundamentally learning the system. But I mean, you can see the pieces that we have, you know, coming into the season and the conversations in the off season, um, I mean, just looking, just being excited about the receivers, the young guys we added to the group, and the O line really gelling. And of course, Baker Mayfield right in the middle of it, just really bringing it all together. So stoked about it.
0: Yeah, you can tell this uh, this young team is starting to really gel together. Uh, you got a lot of young pieces, some veteran pieces on there as well. Going into that Week Four by uh, Week Four game against the Saints. Um, Is it a rivalry? Is it not a rivalry? I mean, after this past week's results in the last couple of games, who knows? But did you feel different energy uh, for that week? Was it in in the locker room? Because I I sure feel it on the outside, like with the fans and everything.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely a shift, you know, and some, especially the veteran guys who have played them a bunch. Um, And just kind of looking at the history in the last couple of years, there have been some real battles uh, going down there. And, um, you know, I was raised a little different in the NFL, you know, we kind of, you know, we looked at like our division, the, the the NFC West, like what a crazy division at any given time, you know, the Niners, the Rams, the Cardinals, you know, were um, the Seahawks are, were, it was such a good division. And every, every time we played in division, we, we could feel that kind of tension building up. And so, um, you know, just trying to get, keep the guys focused on, you know, my big message to our group was, this is the Saints. They just happen to be the next opponent mm. on a road to becoming the 2023 Bucks offense. And what a great opportunity to play in division. But also, guys, let's not make it about them. Let's not make yeah. it about who's on that defense or especially their offense. Like, let's not make it about them at all. Let's make it about taking this next opportunity to find our identity, play the mm. kind of ball that we want to be proud of as Bucks offense. <laughs>
0: you mentioned that identity and kind of jump a little ahead of here, but what is identity? Ultimately, what is it? We know there's, you know, a balance between the run game and the passing game, that marriage of the two, but ultimately what do you expect this team's identity to be? I mean, we've had four games so far. You've seen enough of, I think what they're good at, what they're not good at. Where do you see that trending as an offensive identity?
1: Honestly, you know, it starts up front and, um, you know, kind of looking at our run game to date, our run game has been okay. You know, it's been steady. Um, mostly we've blocked it up the way we want it to. You know, the um, the running backs, again, still kind of growing into uh, the feel for the different styles of runs that we're looking for. Um, but it definitely fit, felt like coming out of the Eagles game, that drive we had late in the game really showcased how our offensive line can really pass pro and give us an opportunity to spread the field to get the ball vertically down the field a little bit more. We took a few shots in the games prior to that, but that Philly drive really gave me confidence, Baker confidence, the whole group, like, hey, we can be multiple and spread this thing out, make defenses defend the whole field um, by taking a little bit more of an attacking pass approach in the Saints game. Um, Still, we still had our runs in there, but so it's kind of, Still too early to tell what that identity is going to be, but we certainly learned we got a new we got a new toy. We have a new piece to this puzzle um, that we're going to be able to utilize to our advantage.
0: When you when you look at the run run game, obviously not the success that you wanted right out the gate, um, yeah. but you can see the opportunities there. You can see just you know a, a block held a little bit longer here, uh, you know, just a little quick vision over here. And, and some of these runs are really taken off. Um, yeah. One of the things uh, uh, about the, the blocking, it seems like in a lot of the runs, some of the guys are, are missing their second assignments. Um, how, how do you clean that up to allow those guys to break those long ones?
1: Yeah. You know, I think um finishing blocks is huge, right? So like the one term that I came into this, this job in, february talking to coach Bowles was staying connected in the run game you know where you run your feet and your hands stay on your guy through the echo of the whistle well that's all muscle memory because different runs have different angles right and the defense has these gap fits but like if it's a wide zone a mid zone tight zone a duo a gap scheme all of these angles change and so as we're running these different run types guys just getting used to that retrace mechanism of the defender where he starts to go left, then quickly he reverses going back right where the running back is and being able to like keep that backhand engaged and right. run the guy up the field. Those things take time. And then, of course, for the backs, if we block you through the line of scrimmage to the second level, that's where that innate ability to set up runs becomes critical and that comes with time that comes with hitting a downhill a mid zone a wide zone a perimeter run getting out there in space and how do i set this block up or how do i set this unblocked defender up because you can't right. block everybody every play right you know we're not accounting for certain guys on certain run plays that yeah. guy belongs yeah. to the running back and so i think it's a combination of all those i'll be honest with you um it took us about two or three years to get the run game just humming in Seattle, you know, um, early on. And then we changed bodies and then it takes you, you know, five or six games to retune things. Even when Shane came from LA with the mid zone schemes, really, it took us half a season in 2021 for the backs and the line to trust the rhythm and the angles of the runs. So this thing is going to take time. And in the meantime, I got to try to do a good job of utilizing all of our talent to make yards, get first downs while we're putting this core thing together.
0: Right. And and you look at the runs, the majority of these runs are are in between the tackles. Um, Is there a a reason why uh, there's not as many outside perimeter runs? Uh, Is that kind of a, you know, a philosophy of yours? It's more in between the tackles and and what's, what's the benefit um, there uh, opposed to outside outside runs?
1: Yeah, number one, it's just not our system. So living in the toss, crack, perimeter run type of deal, like to me, those are changeups for our system. Right. Um, really, the only action off of that is a like a open side boot the other way, you know, or maybe a perimeter screen backside where when you're running in between the tackles, mid zone, tight zone duo, you're making the inside backers have to play their gaps, safeties play their gaps. Now we got all this space behind the guys, you know, and so you can attack that void. You can attack horizontally um, with some of those things. And so that's kind of just, that's just not in our core of what we do. Um, And then, and then the other part too with perimeter runs that you're talking about is historically, those are big little runs. It'll go for, I've seen it go for 70 at times (laughs) blocked up perfectly. I've seen it go for negative one and negative three and two a lot of time so it's kind of a feast or famine thought process where the mid-zone combos allows you to get up on guys and get positive plays efficient runs more often
0: last thing about the run game and then i'll move on from that but first down runs um the benefits and the drawbacks to it you guys seem like you're more efficient on first down when you're passing i know getting those chunk yards three four yards on first down can certainly be beneficial set you up. Um, what's the benefit of first down runs versus second down runs, uh, especially yeah. when efficiency shows towards passing on first down?
1: Yeah, good. So can't have one without the other. We are efficient in the past game because we run the ball on first down. So we're very balanced. We just did our self scout um, and we're like darn near 50, 50, you yeah. know, on, on uh, first place series, earned first down. Um, last game, I got a little bit lopsided, but um, but in terms of looking at the numbers, it's a very balanced deal. So defenses can't really say they're going to do this or they're going to do that. So that's where the efficiency of the passes come from running it some. And then where I'd like to see the runs be more efficient is when we block it up well, to we get the guy to the second level. Let's start breaking tackles and making those Big chunk plays every once in a while um, that are going to happen for us. I think.
0: You, you mentioned self scouting. Uh, that's that's on my list of things to ask you here. Um, yeah. Because the bye week, it, when I looked at the bye week and, and I saw okay, new quarterback, new system, new scheme, uh, a lot of new players at different positions. This could probably come at a great time. Um, right. If things aren't going well, you have that chance to self scout, evaluate and kind of hopefully turn the ship around. If things right. are going well, okay, what is working for us? How can we improve those things? And how can we um, be more efficient in doing those things going forward? Lengthwise, it sucks because you guys right. have 13 games to play. And even what's even worse is your mini-buy week, because you have a Thursday night football, is in two weeks. and So right. it's not later in the season. So it's really you're getting your buy and your mini-buy within three weeks of each other, which is – Not fun for players, but self scouting is huge, Um, especially this early in the season. What is the, you mentioned a second ago, but what is the, some of the biggest things that you saw when you, you know, personally uh, as a play caller and then as a team that you look back, okay, like this is working, this is not, this is without obviously giving away game plans and stuff. Sure.
1: Sure. I think um, at this point, it's really more learning about what our guys can do what is Baker really good at? Because, you know, what's happened for me over the course of years in the NFL is quarterbacks will kind of lie to you about what they're good at in (laughs) camp. Not with their mouth, but actually with their accuracy, their rhythm and timing and throwing in practice, it's just different when you get into a game on Sunday. It's just – it is. And it is every year. Um, And that's where we had to kind of take an honest look at. We've got all these accumulated reps – Throughout camp, on these on these concepts that just aren't yielding much for us right now, you know. And um, like for just for example, like there's a couple of play action passes that I don't think we completed very many in training camp, and we're doing fantastic on them in the games, you know. And and vice versa in certain areas of the red zone and third down of things we thought we were going to count on, they just don't look like they fit us. So for me, it was a great opportunity to evaluate our players and what they do well. Um, And we got some good stuff in the run game with our line running right or left, Um, different styles of runs, both directions, at a a three technique versus at the shade, you know, um, at the safety versus away. There's all these different things to look at um, objectively. So we're learning those things. And then for me personally, you know, just again, just kind of, growing through like what is our balance gonna be? You know, and is it is it the under center run game, play action game, or is it more of a gun attack with run game and play action and screens and you know, which like for me is like, oh cool, this stuff's showing up for us. You know, we're making some big plays in the past game. Our runs are ripping, you know, when we get into the gun and we can throw the ball quick at any time. So You know, just some different things emerging like that. Um, And I think, you know, just probably, you know, one thing I mentioned in my interview the other day was um, for me, just learning how to adjust in the run game midstream where Mm. I don't have to wait till the half to kind of see what's happening and make adjustments. That's just where I just, I just need more reps, man. I just need more games, more quarters, Goody and I, more conversations in between drives um, to be able to like really see what this defense's plan of attack is against our core
0: runs, and then just counter it uh, in in live time yeah. instead of instead of adjustments, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things you you talked about making those adjustments already. One of the big things I noticed is earlier on in the season it was more twelve personnel based. It seems yeah. the last few games you've switched more to eleven personnel based. Just yeah. kind of wondering why that switch. Obviously, efficiency probably part of the reason, but um, what was part of that reasoning to move to more of a, an 11 personnel uh, attack?
1: Yeah. Just game of averages, you know, so you look at, you know, look at the Eagles and look at the saints um, teams running the ball against their five man fronts. Hasn't been great. So (laughs) you got to do it a little bit. You got to be able to do it to be balanced and to be able to open up the rest of the stuff, you know, so keep them guessing. Um, But, you know, there's just, there's just a way to play that, you know, and, and, um and trying to be smart about the averages you know and if you get into 11 personnel they want to keep base out there well we'd love that you know (laughs) with our group of 11 personnel throwing the ball so um you know so teams should be like kind of nervous about just going that route also so you know it's just trying to trying to even out and play the averages and say hey these things look really good so maybe tilt your game plan one way or the other based on your advantage
0: one of the things too about you know the the offensive game plan, you kind of see things. It's it's there's been enough games now where we can see kind of your adjustments in live time and, and through games, which has been really fun to watch. Um, and you're really on, open and honest about it too, especially in those press. If I mean, you guys out there watch his press conferences. If you don't learn as much as I do every time, it's just amazing the candid ability to not give anything away, but to explain why and what you're doing. It's a night and day difference from last year, but we won't get into that. Um, I appreciate, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, we've seen a lot of play action recently. Um, yeah. Just uh, what's the philosophy on play action? Uh, you're using it at one of the highest rates, um, the league and, and the benefits of it, obviously. Um, we know you don't need the run game to set up play action. You guys are doing it successful. and The running game is still a work in a working process. What are the benefits? Can you overuse play action? Is it is it possible? I mean, there's no stats out there to show it, but I mean, what are the benefits of it? Why the switch over to it? And um is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? <laughs> well, I think um,
1: I think one of the cool parts about play action is um, it's not a straight pass rush from the defensive line. So they got to fit their gaps first. So that's the first part of it. It's kind of like what I explained to the linemen on the backside of play actions. It's kind of like the tide. It's going to go out and then it's going to come back in. And then here comes the pass rush. So you're talking about you're buying three seconds, four seconds, you know, to, to get the quarterback's eyes down the field for him to evaluate the second and third level to allow the route stems to set things up on their way down the field. So now you're not just running, you know, speed cuts in the drop back game where the defensive line knows you're rushing. So there's an advantage there. um, Definitely, you know, and then of course, Anytime you're you're sticking the ball out like you're going to give it to the back, it slows the inside uh, defenders down, so mm-hmm. that then you can open up windows behind them. So there's a bunch of good reasons for it, um, and um, you know it's it's something that's always been a part of what we did in Seattle, whether it's under center or in the gun, and we've got we've had a good mix of that, you know. But while we're developing our drop back, quick game, pass game, empty all that stuff as it comes alive mm-hmm. for us, the play action gives you. A nice, good, balanced look.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, getting those defenders to pause for a moment is, is makes a world of a difference. You know, oh. uh, it just gives uh, the the quarterback, in this case, Baker, just that second glance to maybe go through his progression scan in the field, see what he's got open. It seems like Baker, uh, first of all, heck of a job. I mean, I don't know if you probably stay out of the news and the media and everything like that, but uh, he's. Ben Lights out, one of the best quarterbacks in the league so far, especially at evading pressure. I don't know where that came from. He's like Houdini on the field recently. Oh, he's fantastic. But uh, the system fits him like a glove. And I thought that would be the case, too. Um, He had his best year in a derivative of this West Coast Kyle Shanahan, McVay-style offense with Stefanski in 2020. Um, And and it's kind of the similar type of offense. And you can see him already. Um, He feels at home in it. Um yeah one thing i have noticed though is he, he it looks like there are some struggles middle of the field um sometimes where it, maybe he's not seeing the right thing or yeah. um is too quick with it um is it more of a, a, a outside the numbers like comfort does he feel more comfortable throwing outside the numbers is it more of like a scheme situation um is it just you know there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows and you know highs and lows and tides with with everything
1: yeah i think i mean just you know, he's a six-foot quarterback. So right. if your offensive line is, you know, six-foot-five across the board, which ours is basically, you know, six-foot-five across the board, if the center slides one way or the other, that could take the vision away from the quarterback. Um, you know, I, we haven't really we haven't really tried attacking the field all that – the middle of the field as much. Our progressions kind of go through there. Um, but I don't really – same kind of thing with Russ, you know, for 10 years, it was like, you know, if he has an open B gap or a gap, like he'll see it and he'll progress there. But, you know, for, for that, you know, style of quarterback, you know, you want to put progressions all over the field to all kind right. of guarantee vision at any given time, you know? Um, but over the middle, you know, he like the, it was, what was his, it? It a Philly game. You know, he rips the ball to Cade screaming over the middle of the field, like early in the game for about a, you know, 15 or 20 yard gain. So, he'll see it at times, but I mean, it's just, all it is, is geometry, right? It's I mean, that, here, all right. you know, here, here's, here's, you know, here's Bake back here, you know? So sometimes he just, if vision <laughs> isn't there, he's going to have to move for vision, you know?
0: All right. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, kind of like uh, Chris on the crosser, you know? Um, yeah. Cutting his way across the middle of the field, finds him, boom, gone for 42 yards. All right. That uh, was great. Um, some things too that I, I noticed um, is deep shots, uh, you, yeah. guys took, you guys took some more uh, in this past game, took some in the Philly game. Uh, but there's been, it looks like there's been some open looks, specifically in this game. Uh, DT uh, was on a clear route in the game. Um, oh, yeah. It, it just was something that Baker didn't see. There was another one against Philly, I think, um, uh, with Trey w- was, was going. Uh, first yeah. off, what about those guys? Um, You've got them doing an amazing job just clearing things out for Chris and Mike. Right. Um, They do a phenomenal job, but as far as those deep shots, um, is that just kind of not who you guys are as an offense yet? Is it something that maybe should be, you know, um, you know, again, just not seeing the progressions right away and getting away from, um, or Mm. should we expect these things to kind of develop as the offense develops through the year?
1: Oh yeah. Just the last thing you said, I mean, these are things we're building in and designing. And um, while I'm asking Baker to be efficient be smart with the ball. First open guy gets the ball. A lot of times he's going to just take that first early completion. We'll put those big shots on tape or on the pictures on the sideline and say, Hey, look at this. We got space here. We got green grass. And that was a thing that, you know, um, Gino Russ always kind of had to battle through because we are so ball conscious and trying to be efficient and quickly getting the ball out that, when you do recognize I'm going to have a shot here, that's where we got to take advantage of those. And, um, and I think they'll come to life more as, as Bake just kind of fills out his concepts and go, shoot, man, I love this shot versus this coverage, yeah, you know? Yeah. um, But from, from week one on, you know, we've been aggressive on the third level of the defense and yeah. looking for those opportunities. He hit Mike before the half on a big one in Minnesota, you know, um, another one against the bears, you know, up the left side and, you know, might've had a couple more if he hadn't got pushed off the, off the spot, you know, cause sure. those ones take a little bit longer. So hopefully they come to life and, you know, when those days click, man, it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could tell like there's going to be, <laughs> there's, there's going to, there's a lot, there's a lot that's left there, but at the same time, you understand what was gained on that play too. Right. Uh, and it's about the efficiency. Sometimes. Right you're not always going to be able to get those, but it's about understanding that, Hey, those will be there and attacking those when you feel like you, when you got the opportunity to that's one right. thing too. So I mentioned the deep game screen game, Uh, something that yeah. uh we haven't seen as much with, with uh, Rashad white as much uh, yeah. like a of bubble screen, something like that. Is that something that's going yeah. to be incorporated uh eventually into this offense? I mean, yeah, I, we got screens. We're trying to get them off. They're not
1: getting as much right now. Right. Um, we got to keep taking our shots, designing cool screens to put, you know, flat defenders, hook defenders in conflict and try to get those things going. We've been like, that's part of our offense that like we've been just so close and it's a miss block here, a drop there, you know, to um, for us to be able to say like, well, let's keep doing it. You know, we have to just keep working through those issues and we're really close on those.
0: Just want to ask you about a couple of these young guys. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get into some fun questions real quick and I'll get you out of here because I know you got you got the bye week, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I'll how much fun is it using DT? I mean uh, is he, right? like, you know, the player you're gonna be able to just like plan stuff for, specifically feature yeah. plays for him. I mean, he's just so quick, shifty, in and out of his breaks. I mean, you just yeah, he's dude, he's American Ninja Warrior. Okay, <laughs> like
1: single footed front flip or back flip, you pick it. You know, I he can, that. he can do it all. And here's the best part. He doesn't get tired on that stuff. Like he comes back, he comes just trotting right back. He just ran a full speed, like ran the turn of a 200 meter dash, you know, and like comes jogging back and he's ready for the next one. So just, you know, it's exciting to, to have a guy who can do that stuff. Um, you know, Trey making the plays that he's made, you know, up in the air, um, and running across the field I'm excited to see him just continue to expand his role and the, and the one guy that like you know has a role right now with Rock Jarrett but like he's an exciting route runner you know he can mm. do a bunch of stuff unfortunately he plays behind a guy who's just Mr. Dependable and Chris Godwin and it's like he'll get yeah. his opportunities though he will and and um, and I'm excited to see what kind of role Rock can carve out for him in our offense as well you know it's just these he really like turns it on when he's got the ball in his hands. So I love the young group of receivers.
0: It seems like there's been a pretty even balance between Trey and, um, and DT as far as number three snaps, but Mike yeah. went out. It looks like Trey took over. Um, yeah, Is that kind of the progression that would happen is he, yeah. is he more of the de facto three, but that's a lot of split time with DT.
1: Yeah. And, and really just like, think about the, think about what we get out of like Mike and Mike is like, you know, he's a hundred miles an hour. He's yeah. a big, strong man. I mean, he puts a lot into every route, gets himself open. I mean, if you just watch the tape and just watch 13, he finds a way to get open versus every coverage. It's the most incredible thing, you know? Um, but because he does put so much energy into each of those routes, like Trey's going to have his opportunity to go in there as the next X, you know, going in. And that's where, Brad's done a great job of just playing Trey from week one, like, Hey, okay, let's go get in there. Like, and just, um, you know, being excited about his development and the trust factor with Baker, you know, with Trey coming in that role as well.
0: And, and just to jump back over to 14 real quick. Uh, yeah. He's been a slot guy in this, in this offense for the last yeah. three years, you're, you're using him at an at a rate outside that he hasn't seen in the past three years in this system. What, what was it about him that you saw that you're like, I want to use him on the outside. He can come in the slot. He's a hell of a blocker in the slot. He can do everything, obviously. He's done it well the past three years. But what was it when you're like, I want him on the outside?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, think about the Minnesota game, right? Game on the line. Where do you want, Chris? You know, 10-yard out route, big body. And it's his uncanny ability to just make the catch. Regardless of where the defender's at, defender could be draped over his back, falling at his legs, Two guys converging on him. If you throw it right in his frame, right in his spear, he's so strong to the ball, balanced. His eyes are calm. And he finds a way, even like uh, Eagles game, you know, we had like a boot and, and Baker kind of throws it out of bounds a little too far. He caught the ball three yards outside. It was an amazing catch. You know, we just were out of bounds. But like that ability is just that you can count on outside um, is invaluable. You know, and – um and again, like we move Mike in the slot. We move Chris in the slot. If you look at all of our third down snaps, like the guys, Mike's been at number one, two, and three in formation. Chris has been at one, two, and three in formation. And so we're just trying to get these guys the best matchup possible.
0: Yeah. I, and, and you can see that work happening. And by all the third and fourth down conversions you guys have made, um, third and fourth down, Baker's been lights out, um, what what has surprised you from Baker Mayfield that, that maybe you didn't think or didn't know uh, as far as scheme wise? And you mentioned, you know, sometimes they'll lie in practice, but when the game, you really know, what surprised you about Baker in the first four games?
1: Honestly, just like uh, pleasantly surprised with his game management. And you could, you don't really know. I knew he had experience, but you don't really know how is this guy going to, get a feel for like the good ones have a feel for like what's happening on both sides of the ball, you know, and what's the, what's the energy and the momentum of the offense and what we're looking at right here, man, we got to get, we got to need a spark. I might have to take off, you know, I might have to take a shot here. He's got an amazing feel for that stuff. And it just like, give me a sense that he's just like this. He's just like an ultimate like competitor that he's going to just try to find a, a way to win the situation and win the game whatever, by any means necessary. And that's been what I've been like excited about is like, just find a way to win on third down. However that is with my legs, a scramble, flipping the ball, you know, a last ditch underhand flip, you know, um, throwing it away is a win in some certain circumstances, you know? Um, So yeah, that's kind of like, that's the stuff that I've been like really thrilled about is the, is the winner that I get to call plays for.
0: The flip to Kate Otten in the end, that was great. Uh just kind of self-awareness. I, I you got hit pretty bad on that play. You must have held your breath for a second there. Um no, and no. then you're right. Th- throwing it away when the refs aren't calling intentional grounding, uh is, is definitely yeah. a way.
1: <laughs> Pass line it. scrimmage. Yeah.
0: You don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely win plays um for sure. I mean, you look at it, its just using you know being smart. Um, you know, one thing uh that that's kind of been a little bit of red zone right um what can we do better in the red zone um as far as you know self-scouting looking at the tape like where where do you get better there
1: yeah uh just the balance of the running pass so you know like first couple games got so excited to get in the red zone like just wanted to throw touchdowns to the guys and um we had opportunities and really you know came down to execution we had good plays thad lewis is my red zone expert um, we had great plays designed by personnel and the area and the D and D that in theory worked and we just missed them and we just missed another one and we just missed another one. And then for me, the learning, the learning point there is if you continue to balance the runs in there, right, you'll make yards. If they're giving you cover two cover four, you're going to make great yards. You know, we had a third and four, we scored a touchdown with Rashad. It's like, Hey, you can do that more, you know, you can, yeah. And so, so, and, and every year, like for, for every year we did our like league studies, the best red zone teams in the NFL were the best rushing teams. So like you hand it off to Derrick Henry, you go, he scores, you know, like if you get light boxes and two shell and they block it, right. Any, any good backs going to find the end zone. So, um, just having that reminder and then it allows you to throw play actions and boots all the way down there. And then you have all your cool passes that you've worked on and designed for the week. But so for me, just having a patience game to be able to balance that.
0: So bring me all the way back to when you got the job. Um, When you get the job, what's the process of understanding your roster, uh watching the film, knowing, you know, which players to watch, how long, what season, evaluating their strengths, their weight weaknesses, how they'll fit in the scheme wise. What is that process like? Um, because you've got a large pretty large roster um yeah. that you have to get to know and a lot of film and stuff. What was that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it started up front, you know, with the offensive line. Um and all those conversations about Tristan going to the left side, you know, could it be Luke potentially going to the right? Is he the guard? Is he the tackle? Um, you know, yeah. is Jen, <laughs> Jensen going to play? Um, if he doesn't, Robert Hainsey played a ton of games, you know. Um, Nick Leverett bringing, you know, the balance in there. We didn't have Cody Mock at the time. so So really a lot of the conversation was talking about the offensive line, and I was looking at it player by player. And kind of looking at a group where, like, at any given time in Seattle, you know, there was not really a line that was that much better assembled than the one that we currently have
0: right.
1: to a man. Especially, like, if you had Ryan Jensen as your thought process there. Like, well, I mean, we had some good centers. Max Unger was right. fantastic. And Ryan is the best center that I've ever been around. You know, so really, like, was hoping that he could kind of anchor that group. Um, and then, you know, moving on to to Hainsey, well, here you got a veteran guy who's been in there, played played in, in a ton of games, can get us directed, and then a bunch of, like, a bunch of talent around him. And Filer, the veteran guy of the group, is just a big, strong man. So it's, like, really just feeling like I had a a great chance. I was like, look at this old line. Look at these two fantastic receivers that we currently have. You know, um, Cade. Just excited about Cade from the evaluation process from a couple years before. You know, oh, um, right,
0: right there.
1: So versatility, Rashad. Like excited about Rashad seeing him beat us for firsthand in in Germany. You know, and um, so I think you know it was, it was like there for me. It was just like okay, we have enough pieces to be good. Now let's look at. How did they throw touchdowns to Mike? How did they throw touchdowns to Chris? What were Rashad's best runs? And it was like, okay, we have all this in the system. So now let's just start teaching it from the ground up. And then it just became about creating installs, training the staff, the staff learning it, and then teaching the players, you know. So um, it was a fun process, and it for sure was – some long nights, Brad and I were in there. What are we going to call this now that we're in Tampa? Cause a bunch of our words had like Northwest themes, you know? So um, then that part became pretty fun for us, but it was, it was a grind.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, so we're talking, you get the job all the way until pretty much training camp. You're still evaluating and and figuring out that whole process, watching, discovering and, and everything. That's, yeah. a, that's a that's a grind that's sir <laughs> yeah and especially the quarterback deal you know and like right. you know think
1: about the um if you look at it two ways so think about all the reps that baker didn't get with mike with chris and a lot of people asked me early on like hey wouldn't it be better if you just name a starter you make up all those you know you really get him to learn i say yeah but then what if kyle trask is phenomenal Right. And we will never know if we just name a starter. And he ended up showing a lot of people he can play good ball. Right. So, so then for me it was like it was like a, a benefit that it strengthens the room. Now you got a guy with experience in these plays through the preseason and camp. Yeah. who have got a voice in the room. You know. You um Yeah, but now on the flip side, Baker's still getting his chemistry down with Mike and Chris and Cade and. And the guys and the young guys, you know, he's still figuring all that stuff out as we go because he did miss, you know, half the reps as we were going through this competition.
0: Right. It, it's, it's a double-edged sword, obviously, for the yeah. reason to get out. And especially, you know, if, you know, God forbid something happens to Baker, um, having Kyle have those reps and have that chemistry with those guys is exponentially. I mean, we just saw it for a few plays, not our you know, to finish out the half when Drew had to come in for Gino um, on Monday. The guys on that team know Drew, know what he can do, and it's not a crap. We're out of it now. It's a, all right, Drew can carry us, you know. We we know Drew's got our back, so that's a great thing. Um, Switching it up over to – actually, I wanted to ask about the the tackles because I saw you share a lot of things about Tristan. Um, Are are you mind-blown, like, as much as everybody else is? Um, Because I think everyone knew Tristan was going to be a good left tackle. Yeah. All pro level out the bank is yeah. is, is so impressive. And then yeah. Luke, too, on the right side. I mean, Jason's got to be so excited. He's, it looks like he's got bookend tackles going forward for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to feel good about that, right? I mean, there's – you know, there's all – you talk about all the good left tackles in the game right now. You know, like Trent Williams um, – Who are the the best left tackles in football?
0: Tunsil, Larry Tunsil, Tristan Wirfs. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I'm saying.
1: Like, you have to throw him in there in the next breath with the size and athleticism that he brings on that side. You know, think of, like, Jason Peters for, you know, but really before he started to get older. Mm. Like, that's what you're looking at here. You're looking at this, like, this massive man who's light on his feet who's trying to be sound in his technique um and um yeah it's a really cool thing you know and then you got luke over there on the other side who's fast and strong and and aggressive at the point of attack he can run on the backside to cut things off like it's such a great setup you know um so i've been i've been really thrilled with them and like honestly like they were here the whole summer they were here working out drilling working their hands taking their sets, going fishing, hanging out like right back to it so like there wasn't a like hey, we're just going to like, you know, take a big break here like they weren't they yeah. were working, they were grinding and doing stuff. So,
0: uh, yeah, as Luke had a couple plays, he was airplaning on Pete Warner. What <laughs> On one of them, uh, he kind of fell, but, you know, he was like, you're not letting him up. Uh, and then a nice combo block. And then just to see when he pulls to how quickly he can get around on the yeah. other side. It's really impressive. I was telling Luke and, and Trish and they need to start a podcast called lifting weights and uh, lifting weights and catching baits or something like that. <laughs> you know? No doubt. Yeah. Uh, you know, just fishing, fishing, football and uh, working out because those guys are great. So let's go. i up for that life right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. That sounds great. Let, let's get through, uh, let's get into the fun portion of this part. Um, not that this wasn't fun, but uh, this is a fun way for to to let some of the fans kind of get to know you more, and then we'll wrap this up. It's going to be a rapid fire type situation of this or that, and then favorites. So my first one is: I know you probably don't have much time for it now, but um, when you did, were you an Xbox guy or a PlayStation guy? PlayStation. What was your game go to game?
1: Oh, just any football game that I could yeah. get my hands on.
0: Yeah. NCAA 2k 2k football was by far the best football game ever made uh it's too bad Madden and won't let anybody play and, you know i
1: never got into like the uh i never got into like halo and all that like a couple of my buddies would have huge halo parties but i just was more of a i want to play football i want to use this different
0: team and use the system okay go ahead i'll uh, use their playbook <laughs> um beach or mountains Oh, uh, mountains i figured i knew that one um city or country country uh marvel or dc marvel marvel favorite hero wolverine same i love wolverine uh (laughs) you got a villain
1: uh probably uh joker i guess i don't
0: know joker's good uh car or truck guy truck uh movies or tv series
1: tv series
0: what's the best tv series you watched recently heartland heartland got to check that yeah. out family um,
1: friendly family friendly
0: all right perfect star wars or harry potter because i know you're a fan of both there you star got wars. The, yeah oh the millennium falcon i figured you know falcon. um it, okay this one's fun would you rather an explosive run so 10 yards or more or an explosive pass 20 yards or more oh pass for yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, rapid fire favorites favorite movie Pulp fiction oh great one uh favorite sports team growing up
1: miami dolphins really
0: i was a rams Valley? guy
1: they left i was in la the rams were there they left i went with dan marino miami dolphins
0: okay that makes sense uh favorite place you've ever visited yosemite uh, favorite food
1: Oh, uh, grandma's uh, chicken arroz con pollo, chicken and rice, green olives. Oh my gosh! My aunt (laughs) makes it too. My mom can make it. Unbelievable. Chicken wings, grilled chicken wings inside.
0: Beautiful. That sounds amazing. Uh, Actually, I had Yaya on. He said chicken wings was his favorite. Um, What's it? This is a controversial one. Favorite cereal. Ooh,
1: um, I would say um, Captain Crunch.
0: Captain Crunch is good. Thing about Captain Crunch is like sometimes it just that uh, you're like you're. Yes, yes. The top of your, your mouth. Room. It's worth the pain's worth it though. The pain's oh, yeah. pain's worth it. Uh, favorite game you've ever watched?
1: Favorite game? Oh man, it's a heartbreaker. But I was there live. It was uh, Texas USC Rose Bowl. Vince Young, unstoppable. I mean, just because I was there in person and I was pulling for Coach and SC um lizzie my wife bought me tickets she surprised me for christmas and so we're sitting in the end zone vince young just makes everybody miss walks it in for the for the go-ahead um yeah that game was unbelievable
0: that's tough that's tough uh going with the loss that's interesting favorite color uh,
1: um army green
0: army green good color um favorite tv show
1: Power heartland that's yeah. the one we were watching yeah um, favorite sports memory, favorite sports memory, uh, senior year playing quarterback. Uh, one of our league rivals, Narbonne high school, nine seconds left, two minute drill all the way down. Um, Rashawn Sanders right side. I throw a ball right into the bucket in the back. He catches it for a walk off. Probably just hope never forget about that moment. And then just like the the whole stadium just blew up and it was, it was amazing. It was really cool
0: that over the super bowl win
1: yeah oh wow. yeah the super bowl the super bowl was fantastic but i mean we're like trying to be poised and then like uh we're like hey guys Peyton Manning Kayla, everybody just relax we got to keep right. playing ball here and then Percy Harvin takes the opening kickoff for a touchdown so it was a little bit anticlimactic but definitely it was cool um but yeah
0: my my favorite um is I talk about this yeah yeah and he's an Atlanta guy so 28 to three you know I'm from Boston 28 to three was my favorite sports memory uh just watching that comeback happen um my other one we won't talk about that one for you on this podcast <laughs> worst least favorite no my my other my second favorite sports memory was uh butler at the gold uh, I didn't want to bring it up uh, I
1: didn't want to bring it up uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Uh but yeah, we're was, like undefeated with the lead of nine or more in second <laughs> half until that game.
0: Uh I just saw um Marshawn Lynch. He was on uh on a podcast, I think with Shannon Sharp or something, and he had some interesting comments to say. I won't I won't put him on you to comment on those, but uh-huh. yeah, uh check it out if you if you can. <laughs> he's such a character. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a just stop. Uh favorite dessert. Uh
1: Key lime cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. Ah,
0: awesome. Cheesecake Factory's cheesecake is perfect though. Favorite season?
1: Favorite season? Um, I would say either 2013 or 2014. Um, because I can't remember which one it was, but there, were one of the seasons was like we won like seven games that were like could have went either way and just found a way to get it done. It reminds me of like what the eagles are doing right now like just scrapping out those close ones um they're finding a way to win games and it kind of felt like that during that season like the confidence that we were going to find a way to get it done um, you know
0: yeah i meant like seasons of the year but that works too <laughs> a, oh my <laughs> 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 okay. uh, favorite me. okay
1: the favorite uh time of the year season yeah, yeah because now that we're in Florida, it's a little different. But I would say in Washington, um, the fall is unbelievable, and yes. it's it's uh, it's cool. Uh, the leaves turn colors. You know the lakes, the rivers, the mountains, mm. um, breathtaking. And then the rain just kind of makes everything fresh. And um, I really love that time. You bring you break out all your winter gear. You start bundling up. I mean, it's a special time of year.
0: Yeah, I'm from New Hampshire, so fall the foliage. I mean, people come from all over the world. To go see the white mountains foliage. I'm going to be up there next week. My brothers have married. So I'm excited to go. Oh, wow. up there. be in peak season. So I'll be able to get some good food up there as well. Um, favorite player growing up. And then I got one more
1: favorite player, uh, Dan Marino,
0: Dan Marino. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the favorite game you've ever been part of coaching,
1: uh, favorite game. I've been part of coaching. <sighs> yeah. Kind of hard to beat. Uh, it was bad, but then it turned out pretty good. But the, uh, uh, NFC Championship against the Packers um, because it just kind of gives me a reason to always have hope in a game. You Guys, it ain't over. You know, like okay. onside kick, fake field goal, extra points, um, walk off touchdown versus Cover Zero and overtime. Like everything that you practice for happened, um, and it all just happened the right way. So I just think that you know, for me, favorite because because like as a coach, I can say, guys, like even in the Philly game the other night i'm like hey guys here we go defense stops them again we walk it back down like guys i've seen crazier things you know so it validates it that's
0: awesome well dave i appreciate your time we went a little bit over here but good conversation breeds you know uh just good conversation so i want to thank you so much for having you having you on it's been a blast i learn so much every time i hear you talk every time i talk to you Um, so it's, it's always a a great experience, uh, being able to chat with you and chop it up, uh, before you leave, I just want to leave you the opportunity to let, let the fans know where they can find you, uh, where they can follow you. I know you do a lot of inspirational stuff on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it nowadays, which is great. Um, and then if you just got a message for Buck fans, uh, for the rest of the season, go ahead.
1: Yeah, honestly, just for the Bucks, for Bucks fans, you know, all over, um, this is a, this is an ongoing process. I'm excited about three and one. Um, if I had to give our offense a grade right now, I would probably say we're out of 10. I'll probably say we're like six and a half, seven, and we're still finding ways to win. And I think the guys know it. We try to be really honest with each other. Um, and so, like, we're growing into something and we're collecting these moments and these memories through each game. But as we stack them and we put that complete game together, I think I think Bucks fans are going to be able to know – This game felt like a statement game, like this is who we are going to be, and this is the standard. And I don't think we've had that game quite yet, but the Saints was a good step in the right direction. So
0: that's awesome. Uh, And you guys can follow him over on Twitter. X, Uh, it's just Dave. What is it? Just D. Canales, right? Yeah. So guys, follow him over there. He's always tweeting out some great things. Dave, I want to thank you again so much. Enjoy the rest of your bye week. Any big plans? Nope. Just hang out. My
1: parents are coming into town. We're going to just. Uh, go to go to soccer practice flag football games and volleyball tournament and just kind of hang out as a family go all to, to all the little you know uh dives that we like to get into and eat and spend a little time at armature works and uh, see what they got available for us so
0: nice what's been how have you liked Tampa so far i mean i mean what' has been like your your impression of the fans the people um just everything before i let you let you get out of here
1: yeah man I love it i just you know i'm i'm a southern california kid so i'm like I'm in shorts and sandals on my way to work every day. And that's the way I pictured my job being like that, you know, and to be able to do that here um, has felt so familiar to me. And then also to just have like, just all the amenities that available, great food in the city, coffee, you know, um, great run down here on the Hillsborough river, um, just outside of the house right here. And uh, you know, just being able to like, you know, connect with a really multicultural community too. That's something that's important to me as a Mexican-American coming from L.A. This just melting pot, um, you know, has that that same feel here in Tampa where you get a flavor of all these cultures uh, together. And that's really important for for my wife and and our kids to have that exposure. Um, And then just a city that knows how to win and like expects that. You know, I love being around that, whether it's hockey or baseball or football, you know, just being able to have that kind of good pressure to like hey let's let's get this thing turning the right direction so i love that kind of heat
0: yeah tampa it's a great place and it doesn't snow here so that's amazing too oh yeah <laughs> but uh dave again thank you so much for coming on i hope you enjoy the rest of your bye week we'll talk to you this upcoming week uh when we get the game uh with press press conferences going for the detroit lions coming to town bucko bruce cream schools are breaking out so that should be oh, a yeah. fun game uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, my brother. Exciting times. Thanks, JC. Awesome. Talk to you soon, guys. As Dave Canales uh, giving us plenty of time to talk about everything, where this offense needs to improve, uh, where it's been, uh, you know, kind of uh, surprising, where it's been been moving and and gelling uh, as expected. I'm talking about some of his philosophies. Uh, it's, it was a great time having him on here. I Like I said, I always learn something whenever he's on the podcast and excited to have him on here and bring that knowledge and let him bring that knowledge to you guys. So that's going to do it for me. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday. I, th- I think we're going to have another player. Joe Transchenka is going to be coming on next week. So we're keeping it going uh, with some of these Bucks guests. They've been so gracious with their time, and I want to thank them, obviously, and the organization for allowing them to come on. Um, but that's going to do it for me. Uh, So, guys, as always, like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Uh, Make sure you turn the notifications on. This is another episode of Pirate Parlay on the Sick Podcast Network. We're out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Pirate Parlay on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.